Hello there, welcome to episode 73 of True Cult Pop. It's a pop music podcast. It's me. You knew it was going to be me. Inevitably, it's me, Stephen Hill. Hope you're good. Hope you're right. Hope you're having a lovely, lovely week in this shitty weather. Awful weather. Oh. One of the worst weathers I've had. One of the worst weathers I've had. Brilliant. It's not a sentence, that is it, Gaz? No. Gaz Jones is here, by the way. He'd Hello. My grammar, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, or I don't know. I'm the I'm the worst person to speak to about dog shit grammar. But I know someone who's got worse grammar than me. I'm going to say. Yeah, we all do. We all <laughs> yeah. know him. How do you spell apostrophe? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm well, mate. How are you? I'm alright, thanks, mate. I've just been, um, you know, kind of bumming around. Really, working hard, working around. Yeah, you know, just sort of bumming around. I've been working hard at the first half of the week, okay. And I've sort of been a bit quiet. Like I went, yeah. to, went to see Thrice on Monday, was it? Thrice and Palm Reader. Nice yeah. to see the Palm Reader lads. That was nice. Good times. Good chat with them. They were good. Nice. Didn't need to see Thrice as much. I've got to be honest with you, they were f- fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. don't really care about Thrice to be honest. Like, I think they're all right, but yeah, that, yeah, not, I'm not going to review it because I've got, got nothing particularly positive to say about it, to say about it really. But um, yeah, uh, they're, they're all right. I just think that they played that sort of that album, The Artist in, and The Ambulance in full. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's the only good album, really. Is it? See, whole. I think the opposite I, well, but of that. It's, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll be, um, what's the word? Caveat that. I used to love it in I'm assuming was it 20th anniversary so what? 20, well, it's 21 now it's actually oh, okay. 21, but they started touring it last year okay no, it so that was what 2003 I really liked it in 2003 because mm. all I was really listening to was that kind of I, I hadn't ventured back into into metal and stuff but I was I was listening to yeah Funeral for a Friend and mm. Bryce and that kind of Lost Profits and that kind of, I think some of that stuff has I, really aged man it's really yeah. aged. I was like, "Cool, this sounds I, really of its time now." Okay, the kind not, of stuff not, from the artists in the ambulance, and not, I, I prefer this when they came back in 2016. That album when they did that, when they just made like a kind of big rock album. Oh, oh, I, oh yeah, the, yeah, that, that was good. Yeah, yeah really that was good. really good actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, but, I think they played like two songs from that. But you know, like I've never really been a massive fan of Thrice, but people were going mad for that yeah. album though going absolutely mad for it was that a big album. it was a big album it was a big album it, it, yeah. it, of that of that type at that time mm. pretty influential i guess bands kind of yeah. popped that sound yeah i guess they did i mean i think it's a uh, the ones before that i was a bit more like sort of interested in and that came along and i was like meh don't know and then when they got all proggy i think i was probably like i'm just didn't really listen to them. Didn't really listen to them until that one came out in 2016, which I think is quite good. It's very yep. good, actually, very good. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's what I've been up to. Been doing anything like Getting that? Wet. Getting muddy. Wet in it. Horrible. Um, Horrible weather. Oh, no, oh, no, I, something quite cool happened to me yesterday. I did a pick. I, I did a collection, um, hmm. like a pickup um, of this like really, this this kind of lovely little kind of uh, olive oil company, and. Um, hmm. They said to me, oh, do you like snooker, Gaz? I was like, yeah, I love snooker. You're snooker loopy, aren't you? I'm nuts, are we? Mm. Hey. Yeah. It, me and him and them and me. Oh, but yeah, I picked up a parcel of, of olive oil that was going to Stephen Hendry. Oh. So, wow. uh, yeah. Um, 
I kind of know where Stephen Hendry lives now. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's I'm not a stalker. Yeah, so, but yeah. it's yeah, good to. If, if you do Stephen need Hendry to know, tattoo of his face on my chest. Yes, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah good. Uh, well, that's good. That's what we've been doing this week, I yeah. suppose, isn't it? Hey, Love if you want to sign really up at our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash truecultpop, there's some good things over there this coming oh, week and oh. coming this weekend. Me and Gaz basically did a classic album for Your Cult Pop. We decided to do Black Grape's <laughs> legendary debut album, It's Great When You're Straight, yeah. yeah. And normally those podcasts are about an hour, just under an hour. Yeah. It's an hour and 40 minutes, the Black Grape one. Totally worth it. The, the, totally this worth was it. the highlight of my week. Yeah, it was good. Oh, was good what one. a chat. Yeah, and even though I should say on the show this week, we're catching up on reviews and albums that we've listened to throughout February that we like. Still my favourite album of the month. <laughs> yeah, it's still album of the year. It's Black year. Grape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great yeah. when you're straight. Yeah, which is... You know, as I say, spoiler alert on the pot, which should have been a classic album and is genuinely one of my favourite albums ever made. I think I've come come to terms with that now. It, it's it's a classic album pod in all but name. I think the only thing that we missed out was doing, well, I say the only thing we missed out was we, doing a track by track guide. We, we just, did basically do a we track did by do track a track by track. We just like, did it in ten tracks. They're all brilliant. They should all been singles. Ah! We did actually mention every <laughs> single track. And we did do a little yeah. bit on everything. We just did it, didn't Fuck, do it in did. order. Yeah. yeah, we did. Yeah, we, we did. just we just like free roamed around. And the, uh... we even found enough time to talk about Pet Shop Boys B sides for about ten minutes as well. So, oh fuck you know, yeah, we did. Yeah, you need so to send should... me. The, you need to send me the link to that. Um, what was that track called? Paninero ninety five. That's Paninero. the Paninero. Oh, and their cover of Girls and Boys by Blur. Yeah. Yeah, I don't need to. Hear Happy that again. days. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, coming this week though, if you sign up for the five pound tier, another an actual classic album on the debut album by the Scissor Sisters, the first Scissor Sisters album. I said to you just before we started recording, Gaz, I'm going to put this out there into the world because it's either incredibly unprofessional, which is fine because. This isn't a profession, is it? Doing this, it's not actually a job. So not, I not don't, don't need events, to be. No. no, no, I don't don't need to be professional. And um, uh, so I could be completely unprofessional. But I'm trying to get hold of actual Jake Shears. I'm trying. I'm going to beg Jake Shears to come on. See if we can get Jake Shears on the Scissor Sisters uh, uh, Patreon podcast. Now that doesn't mean in any way that he is going to be on the show. I'm just letting you know that I found his. I found who his manager is, and I'm gonna. I'm going to beg. I'm going to kind of put the question out there. So who knows? But regardless, we are going to be talking about an album, an album which turned in 20, which hasn't uh, aged poorly. (laughs) Like this this album. My God. You know what? I, when we decided we were doing this, um, like the end of last week, the start of this week, I I listened to the album again for the first time in a long, long time. Mm -hmm. My God, it is absolutely so well. Brilliant. It's fucking brilliant. You know, singles aside which are kind mm-hmm. of like just they're there as a constant they will get played on radio forever you know yeah. but those other tracks the, the ones we think return oh, to us mate that's the yeah. one but like we'll get into T- that but oh. tits on the radio and stuff like that yeah it's like fuck even the kind of like you think oh i might date it a bit because it's a bit kind of dancey and they were using that kind of production mm-hmm. techniques at the time no it will sound absolutely amazing absolutely yeah. amazing i'm yeah. stunned yeah and it is they're- a genuine classic album Oh, oh it's yes. fucking that's that's something I'd go and see played in full with Palm Reader supporting them. That would be good. Yeah. Be weird. No, Nineteen seventy five and uh, Owen Paul to open. 
<laughs> yeah. What if Palm Reader is main support? Yeah. Palm Reader above, is the meat of the pop section. <laughs> above the 975. That would be, wouldn't be weird at all. Um, anyway, let's move on. The old lost cult pop where we find a classic single that we feel maybe has been forgotten about, maybe has been gone under the radar people don't talk about so much the other day uh, the other day these days i should say i say the other day because you know funnily enough what i've picked this week with my pick definitely the newest one of these we've done we've kind of stuck to i think the latest we've gone up to would have been last week when we did neon neon uh, yeah neon neon 2008 2008 yeah yeah so we're now going forward to 2000 and i'm gonna say 2016 but it's I heard this song in 2015. So I've gone for the song Run You by the British Brighton Bass Drum and Bass Collective, The Chemists, who you might remember throughout the kind of mid-noughties, early 2000s. The Chemists were a band who worked kind of predominantly with a lot of rock bands. They were within, I guess, that kind of world of the Enter Shikaris, or the, um, oh, I don't know, not really like Hadouken or something like that. More like Shikari, that kind of dance rock thing. Like a yeah. kind of an updated prodigy. They did a song with Shikari. They did a song with um, with Hacktivist. They've done a song with um, with Getz, who we're going to be talking about later on. Um, this song actually is on their, uh, their, their third album, Warrior Sound. Getz is on it. They're probably the only band I can think of who've worked with Getz and Mike Patton. There's not many of them. And no. if there are many of them, I think there's one of them, actually. And that is not many at all. But um, I'm not really sure that people particularly talk about the chemists uh, that much these days. They're a band like kind of, I guess, like remember when like Jungle Brothers and Vitro came along and they kind of got adopted by rock, but yeah. then sort of pushed to the side and forgotten about very, very quickly as well. I kind of feel like the chemists had that for that was sort of the chemist for the, the kind of the, the 2010s. And you know, weirdly, No More, the first single from this album, came out in 2013. And then Run You comes out in 2016, and the album comes out in 2016. And that's sort of the only two songs from it. Now, I remember this song a lot because when it when I, I played it on Team Rock Radio, back when I was on Team Rock Radio, okay. and um, I loved it. I just absolutely loved it. And I was like, oh, this album's going to be massive, isn't it, surely? Because it's like big kind of propulsive for me it does the thing like what the prodigy do you know like that it, it mm. was like a kind of drum and bass like that kind of pendulum prodigy crossover thing yep. i was like oh this is like exactly that it's got really really like really kind of amazing kind of big like it's got a really good guitar riff it's got really big pounding drum and bass rhythms and it's got a really hooky vocal as well like super kind of hooky vocal it's not too wet and melodic it's got you know go come on everybody now don't let it run you and it's a proper like screamed vocal part as well and i was like this is fucking banging this is absolutely banging this song and i remember being like this is great this is fucking great i mean you know predictably didn't really go down so well with the team rock radio audience who just <laughs> shocking wanted- who, who just wanted to hear Sunshine of Your Love played 45 yeah. times in a row. Here's Wheels of Steel again. Yeah, and so, <laughs> right. 
you know, it didn't really go down so well with them. But I was like, I'm going to keep playing this because it's fucking great. And not that I think I had very much or any influence at all at that radio station. And I don't think that radio station had any influence on the world in general, to be honest, like the kind of greater musical no. landscape. But I was like, if I could do my bit to try and get a bit of attention to the chemists, then I'd be delighted with that. And unfortunately, I didn't. And it just sort of went under the radar. I mean, I don't think it even charted at all. I'm not sure anything they've done actually has has actually charted. And you would think something would have done. I'm not sure. But like this this didn't appear to get into the um into the UK album chart anywhere. I don't well, I mean, I mean by, two thousand, by 2016, like that that kind of those statistics have kind of sort of ceased to be relevant. anything really. I yeah. Guess. But you know, you you would have I would have thought that you know there'd be enough kind of um, kind of goodwill in the bank for a song like this and an album which has like gets and you know I think that's kind of that's like that's a clever a clever bunch of people to so you know you've got um, Ken from uh, Kenta from from Crossfaith is on one of the songs on here. Nice. Gets is on one of the songs on here. Um, you know, they, like I said, they worked with Shikari before. They worked with Mike Patton you know they've got the guys from hacktivists on there like you're surrounding yourselves with at that time i would say kind of the right people mm, to, to kind of go you know here we go we can do some sort of we can kind of get some sort of crossover thing but they never really felt like there was any excitement around this band and i think when you look at the sort of the dance rock bands from that era the kind of dance metal the dance rock the kind of indie dance thing from that kind of 2010 period i mean i got no I don't really care about Enter Shikari at all. You know, I will admit, like, obviously, like, I think they're supposed to be their, their own shows. Very, very good. Very good live. And they got a few good songs. You know, Crossfaith, I think, were great live, but sort of flattered to deceive quite a lot. I don't think they were particularly great on record. Um, but they're amazing live. Hacktivist, kind of every chance in the world that you could ever have wanted was given to Hacktivist. And it just never really happened for them. And then you listen to their albums and you're like, yeah, you know, like they kind of need some big, big, big songs, really. They need some like massive songs. It just didn't really sort of happen for them. And so it seems mad to me that when a song as good as this comes along, people didn't really jump on it. And I don't know if it's just because they were like, ah, you know, that dance rock thing is crap. So I'm not going to bother. But this is a banger, I think. Fucking banger. Yeah, I've never heard of this song. I've never heard of this band. Right, okay. At all, this was... Um, I was quite surprised that it came out as um, was it twenty sixteen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so last week then. It's still, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's coming out in four years' time. Okay, that's, that's good to know. Whew, I was worried there for a second. Um, I kind of had to check. Got, got your tickets for the Olympics, have you? <laughs> Got ready for the Olympics? Yeah. Which one? Atlanta ninety like, four. Like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ninety six. Sorry. Really. Um. I was I had to kind of look when I saw 2016 I was like blimey this this kind of sound is, in my head is so kind of 2007 2008 mm. when that first Enter Shikari album comes out and Sorry You're Not a Winner is is fucking everywhere you know the the all that kind of stuff at the time where they were like an unsigned band and they were headlining the Astoria and all this kind of shit and front cover Kerrang and da 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 all that um but you love 
the two kind of initial kind of massive kind of vibes I got from it was just like wow this this sounds like what I always kind of wanted Pendulum to sound like especially on that yeah. second album was In Silica In Silica it's, mm. it's fucking it's so good yeah but I just wanted a bit more of, of that it's that balls and the fucking riffing you know but also the, there was a lot of um, it reminded me of uh, that last Chase and Status that came out last mm. year there was a little bit mm. of that on it as well um I could only imagine like in that kind of alternate alternate universe where this song kind of got traction and got massive. I can only in, in my head I can just see the kind of the size of the pit when they're on a main stage at download or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um it, it's got all those kind of classic kind of tropes, you know, the classic kind of half time bits before it explodes with that drop and like the riff and you know, it is it as good as something that you know pendulum or whoever did you know i was never much of an edgy shikari fan i fucking tried i really tried for this band you know yeah um i don't mind sorry you're not a winner because it just reminds me of going to rock clubs at the time and everyone doing the whole clap bit in unison um i do think the fact that it came out in 2016 people were probably just like nah yeah this was a thing a long time ago where I don't know. It, it it just seemed like, obviously, you have the prodigy kind of breaking down the doors and taking kind of dance music and electronic music into the rock, into the Kerrang world, basically. Uh, and, you know, Pendulum did it as well. I remember, you know, Pendulum being covered by Kerrang in 2008. And weren't, they, weren't Pendulum like main support to Maiden at um, Sonic they were. one year? They were, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and I remember the shitstorm that caused, and I loved that. I mean, I didn't go, but I was just like, I. I'd just love to see a lot of Mr. Gumbies with their arms crossed, you know. Yeah, Pendulum were really good that day as well. Yeah, I'm you know, sure. I don't, yeah, really I don't good. doubt it. You know, I, I saw Pendulum once, um, and yeah, it was it was fucking it was fucking absolutely incredible. Yeah, but I, I do kind of think that yeah, by by 2016, that ship had sailed, and I think people that were kind of into like rock music, if they were into any kind of like electro kind of stylings in, in rock and metal and stuff they had Aunt Shikari the head bringing to the rise and they didn't need anyone else it's probably you know true I mean I think and it's again, a fucking that... shame because this is better miles better than Aunt Shikari oh God, loads better and um, and I would say you know I, I, I quite like Crossfaith at the time as well and I think you know there was yeah. loads of hype around Crossfaith so I don't think people were completely like dead on this thing it was just like you know that kind of yeah, the kind of post there was a sort of post pendulum world. Who was the other guy who I'm trying to I've forgotten? Um, Maybe do you think it was the fact because pe- pendulum were pushed so fucking hard by everyone? You know, blanket radio one. They were in Kerrang. I don't know if Hammer were kind of touching them at the time. I mean, maybe. I don't know that no. they were. Oh, okay, actually, but no. you know they were getting you know really high up on on uh, on festival bills or you know metal festivals, alternative festivals, stuff like this, and. It it just seemed to be pushed so much in your face for quite you know like a, you know a good kind of few years running silico, and it never kind of got as big as I think people probably expected it to be. Yeah, I that don't is know true. If, I, I just don't know if like metal fans or rock fans or whatever still were still a bit wary of that kind of thing. I I I, I don't. I generally don't know. But this should have been. This should have been absolutely. I yeah, it's really track. good. Yeah, I'm just looking for. Um, somebody because definitely somebody else who was kind of a bit like this and i tell you what i've completely 
forgotten their name now completely forgotten their name and i thought they played sonosphere but yeah uh, in that that same year that you're talking about um and i can't see him so maybe 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 i'm remembering it wrong maybe i'm kind of misremembering it but um yeah i think there were kind of a few of these um a few of these bands around that kind of tried to i guess sort of tried to tech one that was it tech one remember oh, them i remember that yeah yeah <laughs> yeah they but kind it, of came along around the same time as well and yeah all sort of tried to kind of do a bit of that that pendulum thing but i suppose there was only room for one and pendulum had the credibility of coming from dance music and making this sort of success first and then yeah. a bit like chasing status it's like yeah. if you rock up and you're already kind of big in that world you can then weirdly you get more you get more sort of respect from rock fans for going, oh, well, they, you know, the Prodigy are already a kind of rave, uh, uh, you know, Prodigy didn't need rock fans. Chase and Status don't need rock fans. No. Don't really think Pendulum needed rock fans. Someone like the Chemists and then Shikari and Tech One, yeah. like they kind of did yeah, need, did. or like Scar Lord, someone like Scar Lord or Ghost Mane, they need rock fans yeah, to like do. them. Whereas some of the people, you know, like Little Sims doesn't. No. Do you know Unfortunately, like, rock fans don't really give a fuck about... Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's weird, isn't it? It's if you kind of position yourself there early on. And it's weird because as well, you know, I mean, I think they they toured with um, Shikari, uh, the chemists, and and they they, they played 2017 Woodstock in Poland on the main stage, which probably would have been about in front of about 200,000 people. Fucking hell. Yeah. Wow. So like, you know, there was was a little, you know, there's a moment and you think, you know, they, they work with, basement jacks they worked with kano oh, they've done wow. remixes for kind of all kinds of people um they had wiley was another person that was on one of their oh, songs before amazing. as well yeah right Come i know on, next and, week we're um, wearing my rolex <laughs> yeah it's fucking mad that they've done like who else is that you yeah, like cold cut steve aoki cold cut, um blimey. yeah cross faith in flames roots maneuver <gasps> oh my done god quite a lot of stuff done quite a lot of stuff they've got a decent cv they have yeah, yeah, they actually, they actually, actually have. But there you go, Run You by The Chemist. If you haven't heard it and you feel like you want some kind of like high energy, riffy uh, kind of crossover dance rock, I think they are a pretty fucking good band. Anyway, let's move on. We've got 12 new releases to get through. Stuff that we have picked as the cream of February's releases. Um, and one each that is the cream of those releases. Album of the month, Gaz. Hello. What's my album of the month? What's your album know, of dude. the month? <laughs> yeah, because I just changed it. I don't it know. I think you probably changed it again since we started recording. So. <laughs> Enlighten no. me. Is it Black um, Grape? Uh, <laughs> right. It is Black Grape. Okay. Yes, correct. It is Black Grape. Um, yeah, I changed this late. And, it's, and I have to say, it's nothing to do with the lack of, um, of love I have for what was... Uh, until today my album of the month which i will i will give it a shout out when we get to it because i think it is absolutely brilliant but it's due to kind of listening to everything and actually listening to everything on my headphones which is something we were talking about the other day the other week we were saying like you got to put this on your headphones i was like all right okay so i listened to on my headphones what happened to the beach by declan mckenna the third album from the uk based singer songwriter the follow-up to his 2020 album zeros and that was kind of the thing that swung it for me so declan mckenna is an interesting chap i would say um I didn't listen to his debut album, What Do You Think About the Car? Although I do remember the 
the front cover quite a lot from 2017 and i remember a lot of people saying it was really good uh, i also didn't listen when it first came out to his second album zeros which i have now gone back and listened to and the reason i went back and listened to it is because i saw Declan mckenna on telly um as a big kind of hype exciting artist at glastonbury i want to probably say glastonbury 2022 right and he 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 had something about him. I couldn't quite tell when I was watching him at Glastonbury, like just how good he was live. But he looked like he was really good live. And he looked like he had a really odd show. But the thing was, when I was watching it, I was like, are these good songs? I'm not actually 100% sure that these songs are great. And then I saw him at Reading last year. And he's a very, very interesting performer. I would say... He is a superstar frontman, in fact. Okay. I would say he's got the kind of charisma that is pretty rare in a, a kind of modern pop stroke, rock stroke indie star, right? I'm not quite sure what Declan McKenna genre-wise really falls into. He's an unusual character and he was unbelievably commanding of the stage and he kind of did this show which sat somewhere between like sergeant peppersy beatles era sort of bit sergeant pepper era of beatles the flaming lips at their weirdest mm. uh a singer songwriter of the bright eyes iron and wine-esque bent billy joel and the scissor sisters right or mika <laughs> right wow. and i was like this is pretty fucking mad and i didn't see loads of it um because i think i reviewed it on the show uh last year and i was sort of said like i didn't get i didn't see all of Declan mckenna but i was really impressed i sort of buzzed through it but it, it sort of stuck with me it made me go back and listen to zeros and i thought oh this is really really good this is you know this is a, a, a obviously somebody who has got a lot of ideas and is has got quite a unique voice and now we get to what happened to the beach and I'll sort of have my eye on this. And I was thinking, I hope this is the album where he makes like a record, which is as interesting as I think he is as a person. And I think he has. I think he has. This is an incredibly odd little record of alt pop, modern alt pop, like I say, kind of psychedelic Beatles, very kind of Lenin-y guitar tones, Lenin-y melodies, the lo-fi indie rock of everyone from kind of Wilco to Daniel Johnson to Bright Eyes to Elliot Smith. Um, and some bits of like glammy stomp, pure kind of British glam stomp. Uh, and, um, and big bits of kind of alternative rock. And the amalgam of it all together is... I think a really really great record it's only fucking how long is it 39 minutes and 35 seconds over you know basically like i mean it's it's 16 tracks well it actually says total length 43 here we've changed your mind um <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have a look at the digital edition because you bloody mind listen. up yeah, 12 songs over 39 minutes and 41 seconds, right? With four more years being the, the final song officially on air, right? Which is, yeah, which is why I put the version that I've been listening to. 
there is an extra track um that's uh i don't know what that's on but anyway um but yeah i think this is this is great i think this is just great i think it starts off like you think oh is this going to be some kind of little lo-fi indie album and then you get wobble uh which kind of does go a bit like that but i think it really builds to from i write the news onwards i think it's fucking amazing like i write the news does start like some kind of acoustic singer songwriter very kind of effect and um you know very kind of uh uh you could say like weedy if you like but yeah kind of effect and sensitive and then the hook comes in and the bass comes in and everything comes in. It comes to this kind of like cacophony of like, you know, the kind of flaming lips, um, soft bulletin era. You know, the Sergeant Pepper stuff on Sympathy is amazing. I love like that kind of dubby bass yacht rock John Lennon on Mulholland's Dinner and Wine yeah. is brilliant. Um, Breath of Light sounds like Berlin era Bowie mix of Elliot Smith, which is fucking brilliant. The Phantom Buzz is like Dinosaur Jr. making a glam song. It's T-Rex meets Dinosaur Jr. Mm. Jurassic Park. <laughs> um, uh, Mezzanine is like the best divine comedy song in two decades. It's like Bo Burnham, Elliot Smith, The Flaming Lips, John Lennon and Tom Waits have had this kind of bratty, pop-obsessed kind of effect teenager and he started making music um it's brilliant i think the, but my favorite song is nothing works which is almost like him doing kasabian but also sounding like bright eyes at the same yeah. time and the chorus is huge i think this record is fucking brilliant i think as we sit here recording today gaz mm. i think it's my favorite album of 2024 in the early 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 part of 2024 of course but I genuinely do love a wild indie rock album. And yeah. this is a wild indie rock album. This is, uh, this is absolutely, this is lovely to listen to. Um, I do remember you, yeah, talking about him um, in regards to Reading last year. I, I, again, this is someone else I've never kind of listened to any of his stuff. Um, but this is, yeah, gorgeous kind of breezy, like soft bullet and era flaming lips psychedelic indie pop um you know there are parts of it that remind me of a more chilled um unknown mortal orchestra who i absolutely fucking adore um you know there's a real kind of californian sun-kissed effortless to it all it's all just so dreamlike like it's it's almost like i don't know walking on marshmallows at times um like elevator hum sounds like walking across the beach with a brass section following you. Um, mm. and, uh, yeah, Mulholland and Wine um, is it's superb, just like effortless kind of synth pop. Um, my favorite track is though is uh, is I write the news, um, which it, to uh, to me I write the news sounds like a TikTok generation's attempt on writing a John Martin esque folk song. I write the news. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's. It's 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 wonderful, and it just kind of put a real kind of smile. 
on my face because you know with this absolute dog shit weather man i needed some really nice beautiful breezy indie pop it was fuck it was needed this week because i haven't seen the sun i don't think once this week been rubbish yeah forget it we're never seeing it again are we done never okay. seeing it again no, as, as long it. as i know that's yeah, that's maybe. fine <laughs> <laughs> album of the yeah. year though so far you say okay well well that's... it's only february isn't it no no so no no chill out that's but... fair that's fair but you know it, it I'm, I'm kind of glad you did say it because it's gonna make because what i have picked for my album of the month i was gonna start off with uh basically an identical kind of hyperbole that, mm. that, that my album of 2024 so far um, in the two months <laughs> this year. Um, it's by a band called Church Chords. And the album is. is called Elvis is a Schlager. Yeah, right. So I don't know who this is. They're some sort of LA-based experimental art rock collective, yeah. are they not? Yeah. It's, it's quite slim pickings finding any fucking info on them. Really, there's very little... Not a lot of information no. uh, on this band. I'm on their Bandcamp site right now, and it just says Church Chords. That's it. But this came out on the 23rd of February, so it came out like a week and a bit ago. I think it is the brainchild of somebody. I don't know the gentleman's uh, name. Stephen so, Buono. Stephen Buono, yeah. And it is, um, it's a different vocalist on every track. Yeah. Right. So that, I think, you know, vocals play such a huge part to the overall feel and sound and vibe of of a record that it means it's quite the wild ride, I think, this record. Yes, it is. I mean, I I love it when you discover something so completely at random, as I did, just looking through Apple Music. um, And I'm obsessed with this. It's kind of been all-encompassing. And it's all I've really listened to. Um, I'm not really sure how I would sell this album, to be honest. You know, I'm still really, sh- I'm still really not 100% sure exactly what it is. You know, is it indie, electro, Latino jazz rock, world music, funk? I mean, it's all this and and tons more. You know, like you're saying, you have the brainchild of um, a certain Stephen Buono and a revolving door of uh, contributors. It's all just moody atmosphere and tension i mean just to give you like an idea of how big the musical spectrum is like apophatic melismatic um which is probably my favorite song on the album with its dirty prince bass groove and um funk guitar hook um alone under the water has an almost portishead trip-hop feel with kenny g sax uh warriors of playtime uh, is early 70s big fun era miles davis soundscape with a carlos santana guitar solo uh, by the time I got to that point, the album, I was like, fuck, this is insane. She Lays on a Leaf is electro post-punk. Uh, then Awake has a woozy My Bloody Valentine riff running through it with beautiful ethereal Japanese vocals. Um, it's a thousand ideas kind of almost thrown at a wall that could have easily been a fucking mess. But it has never lost my attention for one second. I absolutely just adore this. It is just, it's weird, it's interesting, um, and it's easily my album of the month, and it's, yeah, this this isn't going to leave 
uh, my grasp for the rest of the year, I don't think. Yeah, it's a lot, this. Like, it's a lot. It's weird, I mean, man. it reminds weird, me of a kind of... But, yeah. J- jazzy Porter Z and Massive Attack at their most aggro. Yeah. Meets kind of psychedelic... I mean, there's a song in it called Owned by Lust, which you mentioned, which yeah. I think sounds like kind of Sid Barrett Pink Floyd meets yeah. Sonic Youth. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's on, definitely Sonic on, Youth You know, this. kind of pre-90s Sonic Youth. Yeah. Um, Sweet Magnet is like a quite low-key way to start things off. It's go- it kind of sounds gorgeous. And I, lo- I really like the way that this this record can be very heavy, yeah. like very, very intense uh, at some points. And also quite beautiful at other points. You know, you mentioned uh, at a, um, ap- apophatic mesmelic. Is that what it's called? Um, uh, apophatic melismatic, I think. Yes, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. yeah. And that is when it goes up to a notch where it's like, yeah. wow, here we go. That kind of yeah. dancey post-punk kraut rock thing. Yeah, it's, it's kraut. With like if Daft Punk, if Daft Punk did kraut rock, mm. I think, you know, that's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really, really good. My favourite song on it is Man on Wire, which is, you know, yeah. because it's been quite, a, it's quite a harsh listen. Most of yeah. this is yeah. like you got to fucking strap in, right? Because yeah. it's it will fucking throw you around quite a lot. Yeah. Whereas Man and Wire is that sort of slinky eighties vibe. It's really good. I think it's been quite harsh. It, they give you about half an hour of like quite a lot of hard, harsh. Mm. You know, chaotic makes it sound like it's you know like mathy Dillinger Escape Plan when it's not. But it's just like. It's intense. It's intense. Yeah. So it's nice to but have like a But it's intense on a really low level. It's it's, mm. it's very quietly intense. It's not like ah. It's not like you know listening. To, you know, like you said, like Dillinger or something like that. No. It's it it's it's edgy as fuck, and you know it's a bit uneasy. It's, it's quite. It's very uneasy it? at times, but it does it with a whisper. Yeah, threat and menace is what yeah. it's kind of filled with. That kind of like you know the sleeping tiger in the corner, rather yeah. than the sort of gnashing. Bath of piranhas or something. Is that a good metaphor? Who knows? Uh, yeah, it works. We'll take it. Um, we'll they have 6,852 monthly listeners on Spotify. Let's bump that up a bit. Which is not a lot, right? Not no, a lot not. at all. So this I would is all say... The, this is, the, this is the, I think, their first release. Yeah. Whereas Declan McKenna, uh, who I've picked, has 7 million plus monthly oh. listeners on Spotify. So I'm going no for one, the definitely more the more mainstream. No one thing. likes the show off no, 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 no. I'm just saying that like, I don't, that McKenna doesn't really need our help. No. Right. So if you are thinking, oh, should I listen to one or the other? I mean, I would say definitely listen yeah, definitely. to both of these records because I think they're really good. But yeah, um, you know, I think, uh, I think that Church Chords could probably do with the ears a bit more than Declan for McKenna. Sure. So yeah, that's, that's our albums of this month. Gaz has gone for Elvis, He Was a Schlager by Church Chords. Very, very good. I have gone for What Happened to the Beach by Declan McKenna. Both of those albums, I would say, are excellent. But there's plenty of other stuff that is yes. out and has been out over the last month. So let's talk about a, a pretty fucking big debut album. A big debut album. Prelude to Ecstasy by The Last Dinner Party. An album <clears throat> from the uk indie rock band the last dinner party released on island records it charted at number one on the uk album chart straight away i mean industry plant i think they've obviously i think they've yeah i think they've obviously had quite the leg up the 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 wet leg up. Um, <laughs> I see what we did there. Their third gig. <laughs> yeah. I think, thank you. Their third gig was supporting the Rolling Stones. Third gig. 
third Where was gig. your third gig, Steve? Let's put this in context. Our third gig was at the it, it was at the St Luke's Hall in Overton. Okay. Uh, I think no, not the, yeah. Well, it was in a, I can't remember what's that fucking hall called. There's three halls in Overton, and we played the smallest <laughs> of the three. Even in my village, yeah. we started at the smallest <laughs> one, and I think we were on second on a band on a bill of five, and none of those bands have gone on to do anything, including ours. So, um, slightly different vibe to <laughs> playing inevitably what would have been a stadium with yeah. the Rolling Stones. Inevitably. It's mad. It's mad. That, that is, is mad. mad. That is yeah. mad. Totally, totally, totally How the mad. How fuck do you prepare for something and like that? I just... God. How you been prepared? Well, when you're that talented, as the last mm. dinner party obviously are, yeah. you've been ready your whole life, haven't you? It's, it's pure talent Fair. that's got them, got them that gig. Is there a whiff sure. of stage school Look, about it as well, though? Where have they come from? I'm not being cynical. I'm I not don't... being cynical because, you know, as I'm... As well, I'm, look, you know, I'm with you, Madrid. I think this is fucking superb, absolutely superb. But mm. you know, well, this is the thing, isn't it? Is that uh, let's take another band that I, I think the idea of kind of industry plant and nepotism and all that kind of stuff it prob it's a thing in the music industry, right? It is a thing, and the reason why I think you should, you, you know, if you're going to use that as a stick to to beat a, a band with, use it because their music That's isn't very good, right? So, like, exactly. for example, when I slagged off Wargasm and was like, oh, bloody hell, it was because I thought when I saw you playing above two bands who've been around for like 10 years or more than that in, in the case of Bleed From Within when I went to the download pilot and they were pretty rubbish, like the Wargasm, they were pretty bad. And I just thought, how have you managed to get up there? And then you sort of find out all the kind of the machinations behind it and you go, oh, I see. And then it feels a bit like icky. If you are the last dinner party and you put out a brilliant debut album, I don't really don't care. Nope, I don't really give a fuck, to be honest. And for me, this is a great, this is a great debut album. A great debut album. I think it's really good. You know, managing on Burn Alive to sort of start like PJ Harvey and then go into, I, I mean modern more kind of modern anthemic arctic monkeys i think is an absolutely genius move and i think like the last dinner party do as a band you know it's like well what do they sound like they're kind of that i guess you know that boy genius style mm. you know no one wants to use the word female fronted but that kind of um very feminine indie rock the, the kind of the post florence and the yeah. machine type thing right but i think actually where they're great is that unlike a band like so i talked a lot about sprints last month and i thought they were yeah. really good a mate of mine sent me the last dinner party he's like have you heard this and i was like of course i've heard this and he was like okay i was like check out sprints that's i actually think that's you know kind of a different but you know if you want something a bit more punky and he was like i kind of prefer the last dinner party they've got more like classic rock you know like to be able to meld kind of like the chain a lo-fi version of the chain by Fleetwood Mac yeah. and then turn it into kind of almost like indie disco like they do on Caesar on the TV screen 
I think that's really good. I think that's really good that they are, you know, I, I really like the stuff they're borrowing from and the way they're borrowing it. Um, the feminine urge, you know, is very Britpop, yep. very pulp, very kind of mid-period suede. Like, you know, it's not just, oh, let's sound like wet, you know, they're kind of like, oh, it's going to be like wet leg, but even more nepotistic. So, no, it's not really even borrowing loads from stuff like the Pixies and um you know the go-go's and the stuff that you'd explore or blondie and the stuff that people would go oh well they're girls so they must sound like this i actually think you know pulp and yeah maybe a bit of florence and the machine but fleetwood mac and pulp and um you know nirvana and stuff like that is all kind of kate bush and you know dub and like there's, there's loads and loads of stuff on here loads of stuff on here um I think it's really good. I think this album is genuinely really, really good. Yeah, I think if if um, if it hadn't been for for church chords, I'm coming in coming in literally at the last minute at the start of this week. Um, this mm. um, the last dinner party uh, prelude to XD was going to be my my album of the month. I, it is really? it is wonderful. You know. I, I'm completely on board with you, mate. It's just like, I don't give a fuck about interest through plants. It's kind of common knowledge. It happens. Fine. You know, get on with it. What matters is the music good. And on, it's all yeah, exactly. on, on the strength of this, man, like, brilliant. I don't give a damn where they're from. This is a superbly assured, confident debut album. You know, when was the last time you heard a full-on classical piece as an opera to, to an indie rock album? Mm. What? When it first started? I was... My life story, probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not this century, then. Wow. What was that song? Was it <laughs> Monday not. morning, 519? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, I was quite taken aback, to be honest, with that, with the intro. I was like, fucking... I was not expecting this. Mm. I... I hadn't heard. I deliberately kind of held off listening to any like approvably songs they'd done off this album until the album. So I'd heard about the hype. I'd read a lot of things, and in my mind, as much as I was trying not to, I was just thinking, okay, this this year's wet leg. It's going to be that kind of, you know. I was I, I was automatically gonna be, like trying to work out which songs going to be the chaise long. Do you know what I mean? Which ones going to be that indie kind of banger, and. um Thankfully, this is well. This is so much better than that Wet Leg album. Um, you know, it, I think so. I I quite like the Wet Leg oh, album. I, was, I think it's all I was, right. I was massively but, disappointed. But you know, but but this is a completely different beast. Like in, in regards to where their influences and stuff come from. You know, anyone that can match up Sparks melodies with post-punk rhythms and choruses is fine by me. And there is a lot of Sparks on this mm. album. Um, mm -hmm. You know, choruses tailor-made for like festival feels this summer. Um, you know, um, proper guitar solos. Like there, there's some proper like old school fucking guitar solos. Some real guitar hero shit going on on here. It, it's great. Yeah, they've there got really is. they've got chops, yeah. man. You know, lush orchestration. Yeah, I think to, to kind of... as much as it pays me to say it, there is a whiff of Florence Welch about it, and I never a fan. You got no time huh? for Florence? No, no, okay. I never like Florence. That's fair. I like that cover of the chain they did at Glastonbury. That was really good. But I was just waiting for the Formula One baseline bit. Of course. As everyone does whenever they listen to the chain. 
Um, you know, there, there's a real kind of secret source um, of a wonderful debut indie album. And like my, my favourite track of this is um, is Lady of Mercy, which is I think is, is one of the best songs I've heard so far this year. When that chorus explodes in its kind of shamanic glory, it is breathtaking. Mm. This was see, I've gone complete. I've gone completely the other way and gone with "Sinner" as my favorite okay. song, which just feels like it's a it's a classy band getting rough. Yeah, They're- "Sinner," and I I really like that. That's the one time where I was like, okay, like you can you can kick it up a notch yeah. to be genuinely kind of. I mean, I wouldn't say heavy, but what? like this is not the kind of cynical, plotted no, out, very very you know, kind of polite sounding indie rock album that one might have expected it to be, you know? Yeah, I, as much as I was trying to go into this when I opened my, there was a bit of my brain that was like, okay, this is going to be this year's quite a quite indie album, you know? Obviously they won mm. the... Um, what did, uh, well, everyone says that they won the sound of 2024 thing. H- how do you win it? What does that well, mean? There's that BBC sounds of whatever this year. Oh, this right. Is, oh, right, right, right. there's always a band that wins it. It's just like, well, you haven't really won it. You're, you, they're always going to no. give you that regardless. Just, they basically picked a band and then just picked another 15 bands to go around them, to be honest. But this is, this is absolutely, it's wonderful. It is really, really good. I was genuinely surprised. It was so different to what I expected it to be. I was expecting just another kind of twee indie album with some shouty along bits. What I got was something just just oozing class and self-assurance and confidence. Now this yeah. is this is really fucking good. Really good. I don't give a damn where they came from and I can't wait to see them on you know telly doing Live stuff as I sit on as I sit <laughs> on my They're playing couch. Primavera, so I'll see I'm, them. I'll see them at Prim, I'll see them at Primavera in a couple of nah, months' time. Stuff. Playing Primavera, nice. so I'll, as long as I, as long as I don't clash with guided like, by voices, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think they are. They are. They, they always fucking play Primavera. <laughs> Never come to the bloody right, UK. Well, but let, they do Primavera. Uh, I'll let you know how they are. Fuck you. Um, there you Fuck go. You the still. last dinner party, Fuck Prelude to Ecstasy is good no i'm just saying you'll be interested in that um right let's move on this is another big one on purpose with purpose by gets the fourth full-length studio appen studio appen that's not did a, a word, studio appen studio album did the studio did did the it, studio did it really fourth, happen fourth it really i don't know i don't know it's a fourth studio album from uh the pioneer of grime of uk grime gets the follow-up to the critically acclaimed contra- Conflict of Interest album of 2021. I like Conflict of Interest. I didn't actually listen to it at the time, but when it got towards the end of the year and the reviews were so, so glowing for Conflict of Interest, I made a point of listening to it because my big kind of UK-based rap album of that year was my favourite album of that year, We're All Alone This Together by Dave. And I was like, hmm, is it going to be as good as that? Personally, for me, I didn't think it was. I still think that Dave's album is incredible. But there was a lot to like about Conflict of Interest, saying that I haven't gone back to it many, many times. Um, 
So I was sort of interested in what this was going to be like. And this is, I think it's an interesting record, right? This is, for me, um, certainly a grower. My first listen to it, I just thought it's quite long. And there's some stylistic things here, which I, I wouldn't have a problem with, but <laughs> there's something that I used to think about grime. I remember going to the Brits when Stormzy, you know, had that massive year. You remember when he had kind of the sparks yeah. would come down here, a gospel yeah. choir with him, and he thanked God and he won a load of stuff, right? And there was a, a woman I worked with who's in her kind of mid 50s. She's, oh, so I love Stormzy. <laughs> and I remember thinking, this is, this is, this genre is in trouble if you know like yeah. because it's now it's, this is supposed to be kind yeah. of street music it's supposed Jump to be the young, now. kind of working class street music and it's now gone to a place yeah. where mm, you know it's like the same thing happened with yeah. punk and i was like i feared for it a bit i feared and i thought it was a shame that grime a, a style of music and a genre of music which had existed totally on its own terms completely on its own terms and was completely unapologetic for what it was and and you know how and it got big without the kind of say so of essentially of the kind of uk media and press really initially i think and then it started leaning into the classic tropes of popular music to gain a kind of more mass popularity aka stormzy in that performance i did and i didn't think it was bad it's the thing right i didn't think it was bad i just thought is this now going to change this genre? And is it going to develop into something which maybe is completely at odds with what it initially was? And my initial listen to this record, I thought, ah, uh, Getz has possibly gone down that route as well, right? And then I say possibly, I think maybe he has, but actually on a couple of listens later, you know, when you listen to a song like Double Standards yeah. with Sampha, who sounds oh. fucking amazing on this. Yeah. I mean, it's great. And it's not, and it's probably, I now, having listened to this, has gone, I got that wrong, what I said that about Grime. I think I might have got that wrong. Because actually, this genre is kind of much more rich and mature and deep a listen. And it's more honest mm. as well. Because Getz is not 24, three or anything anymore he's a grown man and he has some fucking amazing flow he's got some brilliant lines he uses metaphors and pop culture references to get these points across in some of the best the best ways you will hear all year you know he's a dad he's done well for himself and when he says stuff like he's more worried about the tax man than he is about you know getting <laughs> kind of like attacked in the street or whatever you kind of go yeah, I guess that is the reality of your life now, isn't it? And um, yeah, my initial reaction to this record was, it's quite long. I still think it's probably quite long, although I think there is a kind of narrative structure, which means that unlike some records when I go, oh, it's a little bit too long, I'm kind of a bit loath to to be like, nah, you need to cut a bit out here because I think maybe he would say, well, all of it is important. All of it needs to be there to kind of fulfill the, the narrative structure and arc of this record. But um yeah my first listener was like is it too saccharine is it too you know is it is it too far away from what i think about when i think about grime i actually don't think that now i actually think he brings a really really honest grown-up mature perspective and again listening to stuff on headphones fuck me the production on this is unbelievable 
this is one of the best sounding albums you will hear all year unquestionably um gaz sorry mate i just went right. off on one then but what do you what do you reckon um yeah it's good man i mean he's i mean he's kind of like one of the og kind of grimers right yeah mm-hmm. um i mean there's there's a real kind of richness and, and class to it and like you said this is um yeah this is definitely one for the headphones um yeah pr- the production is 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 insane um yeah, it's, it's a heavy and quite often intense journey, um, especially on the um, the Sanford duet at double standards, which is, is oh, how good is it to hear Sanford again? Oh, Sanford could, Sanford could just like literally recite the telephone book. All right, granddad, what's the telephone book? Mm. But you, you get what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, and, you know, which, yeah, double standards, which covers, you know, hypocrisy, colorism, paedophilia and uh, prejudice um you know, matt rushmore is an amazing three-way duel with kano and uh wretch 32 absolutely fantastic with with, with added that. choir harmonies and um an incredible like uh martin luther king sample um street politics is is very kind of real dark social commentary gets us a, a fierce kind of tirade slant to his rhymes but there's a real musicality to it all it is a bit long though my mind did start to wander i haven't you know full disclosure i haven't kind of listened to this as much as i think i'd want to um you know blame church chords for that <laughs> and mm. uh, a couple of the other rounds that we're going to listen to but i think I, I need to listen to this more i really do like it. i think it's it starts out so fucking strong the first kind of and and yeah, and then it ends. ends. Really it's it's that well. middle bit, but I I get it. Well, yeah, something like Twin Sisters. Yeah, I think I was, uh, you, you kind of you sort of undermine some of the things yeah. he says when he's talking about like having sex with twin yeah. sisters. I was like, mate, I, I, think, I, I, don't, I don't need to hear me, that kind of shit in twenty twenty four. To be honest, N- oh. no, I think yeah, you could lose that man because he speaks so. I mean, the kind of brilliant thing about this record, and I think it is a brilliant thing, is you know like like i think you know this is maybe the most impressive hip-hop we're, we're going to talk about four hip-hop albums um hip-hop related records over this show mm-hmm. and i would say that this is i'm not actually this is I'm not saying this is my favorite but i think as it's the the fullest package that you get it's probably the most impressive yeah one yeah i'd agree four, with that in terms of like how it's put together and what it's mm-hmm. about when you get a song like you said street politics yeah. where you know he really takes you into his youth. He creates that world. You can yeah. see it. You can yeah. smell it. You can feel the angst. You can feel yeah. the tension, the unease yeah. and everything. And and yet, it's a really beautiful sounding song. And I think the final song, Expiry Date, is incredible mm. as well. And again, for somebody, I don't know why, you know, when you, someone who can make a song like Hallelujah doesn't need to put in a song like Twin Sisters. Someone who can make a f- Expiry Date sound so small it's really insular the backing vocals sound like they're happening kind of behind your head again on your headphones the bass is being played as if it's being played to like not wake somebody up in the same room and gets is almost whispering throughout it it's a really really brave stylistic decision that he's made and i tell you man like i say i used to be like grime should be like punk it should be aggro and it shouldn't try and be something it should be, it should be more mainstream but when albums like this come along like dave album the last Lord Carter yeah. album. And it made me think that actually, if you get someone like De- uh, Getz and he can 
give you that depth that depth that maturity is much needed that perspective yeah, and that growth of that genre and and i think like it's as but it's, it's, it's as important of, as the aggro stuff i think it really is yeah yeah and i think you know for me you're right i think there's a couple of things on here that have you taken them out and turned this into a 50 minute long album rather than one minute uh, one hour and yeah. six minute album i think this could be like just so much more impressive and so much more kind of consistently brilliant as it is i think the top and tail of it is fucking mm. fantastic and there is yeah there's a few bits in the middle that i'm like mm, i'm not so sure about that so yeah i agree with you but i think the more you listen to it the more you get back from it there is a lot to take yeah, in on this is. record there so is. much to take in much like i said like church chords like there's a lot to take in there's a few things this week where it's like look you've got to give, <laughs> give this some time yeah. yeah but it is very good i mm. think um so uh yeah there you go uh on purpose with purpose by gets is out now as is tang tang by idols the uh the fifth studio album from the bristonian post punks the follow-up to their excellent crawler album mm. from 2021 i did sort of think when ultra mono came out and idols got to number one i thought well that's that then uh, I don't think Ultra Mono is as good. They've got a number one album. I can't imagine people will be talking about it as being as good. Uh, it's sort of the same thing as they did on the last couple of albums to diminishing returns. I reckon we're not going to see much more of Idols from, from now on. And then Crawler came along and I thought that evolution of Idols was really, really interesting. And I I, I liked that album a lot. And then... I think they've kind of, very interestingly, sort of doubled down on this more kind of loungy, lackadaisical evolution. To make them, I don't know if Idols are even a punk band anymore, Gaz. Is that fair to yeah, say? Yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah, those days are long gone. Those days are long gone. Hmm. I think they're a post-punk band, just maybe not even in the way that you might imagine that terminology to mean in the current climate of 2024. I am shocked at how good they are at being quiet and melodic. Being a pop band. They're pretty good at that, right? Yes yes and no. I think they're good at it. God, what do you think of this record? Because I feel like this might be a... This might be an album, I, I, I personally think, maybe Crawler would have been as well, but I think this might be an album where people either go, ah, Idols have clicked yeah. for me, or they might go, see you later, yeah. I, th I, th I, th I think a lot of it depends on whether you are kind of a fan from the early days, I think. Mm -hmm. um, you know, less seething anger, more more hugging, you know, less explosions, more nuance. Uh, mm. less fists at dawn more cheek to cheek whispers um, I mean whilst this is kind of good in theory it's not really what I want from a new Idols album that's not to say it doesn't have its moments you know G Gift Horse is, is classic Idols kind of barn burner um, but with more kind of kind of industrial yeah yeah but with more kind of dance groove than than before yeah uh, that uh, uh, 
you know, fuck the king. He ain't the king. She's the king. That, that fuck the king. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, there's the idol. There's my idols. There's my idol. Um, Hall of Notes, um, you know, is a pure kind of Route One classic idols banger with, you know, mm. you know, a song called Hall of Notes. It's instantly going to get a pass, but it better be fucking good. Yeah. You know, you know, yeah. I can go. It's, it's the most raucous yeah, one, isn't yeah. it? I can go for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank much. Uh, you're, you're not out of touch, oh, mate. You're not out of touch oh, at all. Oh, oh here he comes. Man eater. Mm. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey. Um, he gets it. Um, but, yeah, I get it. You know, that conversation's making my dreams come true. Oh. I've got to be honest. That's what I... <laughs> we have to move yeah, on yeah are we yeah are we done <laughs> now okay right uh, but whereas joe talbot once raged he's now more of a, a disco lothario um wh- whether that's what i i want from from idols kind of going forward i guess i, I guess only time will tell um whilst i applaud kind of any big band you know, idols are a big band in this country but they're a big fucking deal yeah. you know Number one album, there arena shows. That's what I mean. You, you know, know, who saw that coming? Whilst I applaud any big band for kind of taking a risk and moving and progressing, um, they kind of turned into a much less interesting pop proposition for me. Um, I mean, the, the hookup with LCD Sound System is, is great and it's by far the best song on the album. That's, mm-hmm. you listen to that and you're like, ah, that's what they're aiming for. And if they got, if they got that right, if they did a whole album, full of that I, I'd be I'd be salivating really um, maybe it will sneak up on me as, as a whole in a few months you know I'm I'm, I'm definitely going to be kind of persevering with this album because it's got enough moments in there I'm not saying oh this is, you know I'm not saying it's it's dog shit like that last that's it monkeys album is it like what is this hmm. you know get your head out of your fucking ass and just write a chorus please um this is still kind of quintessentially idols, but you know, jury's kind of still out. Okay, well, just to kind of to sort of flip that script a Please little do. bit. I mean, for me, the the best song on the record, I think. Um, I mean, there's a few things here where I just sort of felt to myself, you haven't quite completely let go of the thing which is kind of being done to death, really, like the kind of post punk revival that they spearheaded five years ago, five, six years ago, I think maybe is now more interesting for them to not be part of that. Oh, completely. Pop, pop, pop. Pop, pop. Yeah, pop, pop, pop is the first time I've listened to Idols and gone, it sounds a bit like Sleaford Mods. And I don't think that's a good thing for them, right? I don't think that's a good place for them to traverse down. Whereas my favourite song is a gospel where... It is a full, it is, it is, they are a kind of dirty Bristolian Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. You know, it's a ballad. It's a kind of a murder ballad. You know, a kind of dream pop piano string murder ballad. And it sounds lovely. And that to me, I don't think they should make an entire album of that. But that to me is now where I go, okay, I think there's definitely something for you to mine here where you can probably give up. And as much as I love Hall and Oates, you know, as much as I, you know, I, I, I really liked Gift Horse. Um, but, you know, Idea One, the opening track, I love it. Again, the piano, the croon. I fucking love that shit because it's so 
it's not like on Joy's and Actors of Resistance, you know, the first song, take the, that, the tension. They've always been really good at building yeah. tension. It's just here, they kind of, they sort of funnel it into something else and they never really let the tension go. So it just sort of stays with you. And I think that's a really kind of weirdly satisfying thing. I, I, I don't think this album is amazing, but I think it's good. And I think it might be another transitional album because I, I kind of felt like maybe Crawler was going to be a transitional album because I, I really like Crawler. And I thought there were moments on Crawler where I was like, okay, good. They have moved away. Again, they've moved away from something. They haven't really fully committed to that new idea completely on this, I don't think. It's more of a kind of sideways shuffle than a stride forward. And that's fine because I thought Crawler was great. At the moment, I couldn't tell you which one of those two albums I prefer. But I would suspect it would be Crawler, to be perfectly honest. Because I think there are some great moments on this, really, really great moments. But yeah, I just, it's it's kept me interested in what idols are doing. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and same. there's bands that do these, that kind of, if they'd have doubled back and gone like, oh, we're going to make another punk album, again, really heavy punk, I probably would have been like, don't think you should do that, lads. So I think they're kind of, their evolution is, um, they're still kind of evolving as a band. I think that's no, interesting. No, it certainly is. I I'll sort of kind of, kind of immediately kind of backtrack on something I said in my review as in like, oh, you know, I, I want idols to sound like the way they did. It's like, well, actually, do I though? I, I think in my head, I was like, yeah, you know, they're just going to write songs like they like they always used to. Um, but they are, it, it, it's, it's really nice to see a band from that kind of scene and from what they kind of, the sound of, of the music they made that kind of made made their name how they've completely almost left that behind and i like that a band from that scene you you don't really expect them to kind of evolve this much i guess do you know what i mean that's Mm. that's that's interesting man whether it's a glorious failure or whether it's it's a classic album that's why I'm always going to be interested in a new Idol Idol World. I'm always interested in Idol World. You <laughs> will be there. Yeah. Um, I'm always interested um, in like some new Idols material. They're a fascinating band. They're mm. interesting. Yeah, I you think know. they're interesting as well. Yeah. I like them. I, I I kind of have a lot of kind of, of even of when I don't really like well, what they're well. doing. Yeah, even when I don't really like what they're doing, I'm kind of like just very interested in yeah. them. So there you go. Tank by Idols is out now. That's Tank. K. don't know why they've spelled it like this. Right, let's move on. Okay. Up until kind of four hours ago, this was my album of the month. But I changed my mind. Apologies. This is absolutely no reflection it's on the not quality me. You should be of... apologising to every... mate. I should be apologising to Mangus and Hilaire. Uh, everything is under control is, I think, I think this is, I can't really work it out, the 11th? album from the uk hip-hop artist i think it is uh it's certainly the follow-up to his save yourself album from last year i'll be honest right i've heard the name mangus and hilaire never really gone on his work before sam uh was on the show um talking about the bug a while back and he said oh there's a song with mangus and hilaire and uh and he's really really good and so sam sort of pointed me in his direction and i've got to say shout out to tom uh for sending me over the record and being like i think you'll really like this because when i put it on having had not like not really heard much i think i've heard a few features and you know like it's a dip, song did with a bug and stuff but never listened to one of his albums in full and immediately i was like fuck me this is great very very rich sounding dense 
often quite aggressive kind of old school big sounding big beat garage bounce throughout a lot of this um listen to a song like kill sound as an example i think that's fucking great and there's loads production wise going on in this it is such a kind of satisfyingly chunky propulsive record and it does kind of hark back to you know really really cool shit from like the early 2000s that you and i yeah. would like you know i think there's bits of roots maneuver and even like so solid crew or whatever like it's it in there so i like it kind of has a bit That's of that really we're going to talk about dizzy rascal in a bit there's a bit of dizzy rascal in it as well but also you know it sounds very kind of current and i think it's because the main man here is Mangus and Hilaire as a vocalist who has won an absolutely outrageously brilliant full throttle million miles an hour flow. But what he says, what he explores on this music, loads of different themes and ideas and, you know, very, very cool, interesting, unusual perspectives on stuff. You know, a bit like what we were saying about Getz, probably not you know in the same sort of way but him looking at masculinity self-doubt fitting in societal norms all those kind of other things he does it in a way which is not too heavy the gets album is heavy yeah. right you know it's, it's really quite heavy whereas i think manga takes it like the opening song can't keep getting away with it it's positive and thoughtful and it's a fucking jam yep. it's dead good you've got some brilliant guests on this I mean, I love Turney. Uh, I love Queenie. T Turney queening up. That's a different show altogether. <laughs> uh, Queenie turning up on the proper banging um, level and size. Sounds absolutely amazing. He sounds great on it. You know, Don't Worry is a bit more smoother, but it's really, really great. But then, you know, you get shit like now, All For One bringing in some sax. Love that. Alarm Bells is great. Get the old kind of dump drum and bass feel of work in progress. Um, with that, that that hook, I never fitted in. I never wanted to. Yeah. It's great. But for me, my favourite song is the second Merkage Dave turns mm. up, um, giving us this this super classy, soulful feel to It's Okay to Open Up. I was like, this album is fucking excellent. Mate, it was my album of the month. Yeah. And it still might be. It's In terms of like my favourite albums of the year, again, it's right up there. Detna McKenna by kind of hair's breadth I, I kind of went for because I really do love that record. But this is everything as well. It's fucking brilliant, this record. It's 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 fantastic. It's, it's This is easily the best grime album I've heard um, in a long time. This mm. is absolutely wonderful. Um, yeah, uh, the track uh, Exercise, uh, of, which uh, features um, Kamikaze with its... Um, icy cool synths and um <laughs> the more i was listening to it right especially this track this track called exercise right and maybe i'm going fucking crazy right um people out there if you if you could go onto your your chosen kind of streaming platform listen to the track exercise right by manga st hilaire off this album everything is under control is it me or is there a game boy advance startup noise as a as a sample through this song, almost certainly, almost there certainly. is a sample. It's buried, but it's audible, right? That goes. What, the, uh, what were they called? It was the Game Boy Advance SP. It was the the one with the kind of flip screen, right? And you start mm -hmm. up, and you see when you start being Nintendo, you just go bring, and it would go ding. That yeah. is sampled. I swear that is sampled on this song, right? Please let someone let me know because it's driving me fucking mad, right? <laughs> um, but the track on a whole, man, it just oozes like attitude and 
uh, and paranoia. Like this, this is a true album in the old school way. Um, you know, all shifting moods from like you know the grime of the opening track, um, the the incredible kind of breakbeat and ambient jungle of they, which is probably my favourite track on here. I think it is absolutely yeah. superb. Um, and yeah, the Murkage Dave hook up on it's okay to open up, which it has real emotional um, heft. You know. Um, you know, dealing with the stigma of uh, of talking about mental health. Um, in Murky's day, oh got my a good god, voice, oh my god! The, yeah, the, the line in, in that in that track which just kills me, man. It's like you know, but who's gonna slay this monster when I open up? Is it's mm. wow? You know, in then in, in I think in you know, this is a, this is a definite shoe in for my my top ten, top twenty of the year. It's it's gonna be top ten. This I think this is. And un- unlike the Getz album, where, you know, I'll happily say that my mind was wandering a bit at, at times, especially during that mm-hmm. middle period. This, all the way through, I'm- I am hooked, yeah, yeah. man. And again, this is another one, brilliant one to listen to on, um, with the cans on. Um, this, oh, definitely. Yeah, sounds this great. is absolutely superb. Superb. I think I think there's there's something we're about to talk about one album on time another kind of and, and i think this from gets to what we're going to talk about this sort of expertly straddles yep. the line of both of the best parts of you probably know what i'm talking about you're, i think, you're you, know I think everyone knows who you're talking about right <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah and he kind of straddles the line between those two yeah. things he fucking does. great yeah really really good I, li- I like this a lot and um yeah magazine and Hilaire, you got a lot of we got a lot of deep diving we can do on this guy as well which i intend to do yeah because he's got 11 albums a lot. i think might even have yeah. more it's got a lot i'm looking at his garage band his bank garage band his band camp page now and there's a lot of stuff nice. in. anyway everything that's under control is called by magazine and Hilaire. go and listen Stop. to it right okay we need to pay respect now to the late, great Lee Scratch Perry. King Perry is the final album released posthumously from the reggae legend, the follow-up to the 2023 album Heaven, also released after his very, very sad death in 2021. I am far from an oracle on Lee Scratch Perry. He is a man who has so many albums that I would be bullshitting you if i told you i'd even heard you know 40 percent of all the stuff that lee scratch perry has put out he has put out a lot um i would say the little run with that he had with the upset uh, the upset is in the mid 70s i mean super eight musical bones return of wax oh just fucking so great so great but lee scratch perry is a reggae dub legend, one of the all-time legendary characters, songwriters, voices from that scene. And this is the last new music we're ever gonna get from Lee Scratch Perry, I say quote unquote, kind of new music. So we really wanted to, you know, as someone who has worked with, produced, or been involved with everybody from Bob Marley to the Beastie Boys to the Orb to the Clash. To I the mean, Prodigy. You know. Well, he was sampled from out of space, wasn't he? Like, so. Yeah, he was, yeah. And so we were like, we got we got to do this. We got to For do sure. this. And, um, and when it came out, the day it came out, I put it on straight away. And 
This is essentially, if you have any kind of familiarity with what Lee Scratch Perry does, that kind of deep, sort of burning incense, dubby, lovely yeah. kind of, do you know what I mean? It's kind of almost like hippie dub, right? Yeah. His baritone, that kind of deep, rich, booming baritone and vibes. Like I hate to be like, kind of Chelsea red trouser wanker and be like, yo, it's just vibes, man. It's proper vibes. But like, this album is the one time I'll say it. The whole vibe of it, you just like, you feel like you're sat on a massive chair in a studio in Kingston, Jamaica, surrounded by smoke everywhere, people drinking, the sun like blazing outside and you are just sat there and this music is being kind of created around you. Um, I love like the elongated jam of Evil Generation is like, look, I don't, I don't smoke the reefer. Um, <laughs> so. you, know, you could not have sat that any more middle class white boy if you tried right then. I do not smoke the reefer. No. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I I don't. Right? I uh. don't. But if you do, this is a bit of you. And I do like the fact that actually there's stuff in here where you go, Lee Scratch Perry didn't just sit in his lane and stay where he was. Like not only is Tricky on this album, you know, Future of My Music does. It sounds futuristic. It sounds almost like Blade Runner dub. Yeah. You know. Um, King of the Animals, it, Tricky's not on it, but it sounded to me like that kind of, the Bristol sound, the, the, the Porter Z, yep. Trip Hop, Tricky, kind of Massive Attack thing. Shaw Ryder mm. rocks up on Green Banana. Sounding like he's fucking, you know, collabing with Leftfield. <laughs> um, and then you've got Jesus Life, which is like an kind of 80s pop reggae, like I say, like kind of Vangelis doing ragga, yeah. doing dub. Uh, mate, this is a fuck. This is a this is a really good album. Rest in peace, Lee Scratch Perry. You fucking legend. Big time. This is uh, this is a wonderfully kind of playful and uh, an analog rich epitaph to a to a true legend. And he mm. was and always will be absolutely. Um, yeah, wonderful guest lots from like I said, tricky and yeah, when Shaw Ryder crops up, it's just like of course, of course, it makes absolute perfect sense. <laughs> Why wouldn't Sean yeah. Ryder be on the uh, the final Loose Scratch Perry album? Um, you know, embracing death um, as fully as he embraced life. This is like a swampy, dubby, bass-heavy, gorgeous listen. Um, and, you know, it, it it's hard not to be moved by the final track on the album, um, which is called Goodbye, uh, with its piano and strings. And it was also it was the final track he ever, he ever recorded. Um. Mm could produce with a, a real vintage slant. It blends electronic and dubby rhythms and languid bass lines um, with, with the kind of instantly recognisable Scratch Perry um, kind of vocal ticks. And, uh, it's, yeah, it, it, it's wonderful, man. Just, you know, get some nice chilled red stripe, you know, roll a zoot, close the curtains, put this on loud, man. It is. It's really good. It, it's great. I'm not, I, I was always kind of aware of of kind of Lee Scratch Perry because it was a name you always heard, um, mm. and it was only kind of I guess I like getting into like the Bristol sounds as as we all did. Your massive attack, your tricky, your Goldie, and all this kind of stuff that that kind of made me 
go and check out, um, you know, some, you know, some of Lee Scratch Perry's kind of back catalogue. I, I, I had a couple of albums uh, on tape for years. It's brilliant. One, one side uh, of a, a blank C ninety was a Lee, a Lee Scratch Perry album called Megaton Dub, and side two mm. was Megaton Dub Two. And oh. yeah, it was. That was my smoking album for many years. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, it's this is, this is wonderful, and I, and I think well, I think I think if people are kind of looking for a kind of springboard to how to get into kind of dub, this would be a perfect place to start. Mm-hmm. I think it's not too kind of dark and heavy and gnarly. There's a real kind of gentle kind yeah. of playfulness to it. Uh, and it's pretty fucking because he can varied, get man. He can get it's that. a varied album. Yeah, it's not just yeah, it really is you know, the same like looping baseline for an hour at all. So much more than that. Did you did you see him at Reading '98 going on after Rancid? I did. That was a great time. Yeah. It was wonderful. Mate. And then Echo and the Bunny Men, I believe, were after that. The Foo, Foo Fighters, Supergrass, 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 were, Prodigy, were above the Foo Fighters, Beastie Boys. Yeah, Beastie best, Boys. greatest Reading ever. Greatest Reading ever. Yeah, I think Asian Dub Foundation. They did. They like that. And Money Mark. Yeah, Money Mark. Yeah, Biss. That's a whole day we've just yeah. done. I think. Uh, yeah, Asian. <laughs> oh, I, oh <laughs> the God, Asian. Don't dub trust. Was... Don't try and. Don't try and fucking <laughs> quiz us on the nineties, guys. But anyway, yeah, I remember seeing Lee Scratch yeah. Perry and being like, "This yeah. is wild. This is fucking yeah. wild." And yeah, man, yeah, brilliant fucking brilliant yeah I, i'm this is a very good record it's very it's very good record absolutely fantastic yeah a lot of fun if you haven't had the pleasure of lee scratch perry then this let's say is a good Perfect place, to, place start, to start but man yeah get get on those upsetter albums yeah. in the 70s man like they're yeah. fucking so good um all right let's move on this is what i was talking about when i was talking about Mangus and Claire. don't take it personally by dizzy <laughs> you shocked me steve the <laughs> Right. Yeah, the eighth studio album from the, again, a grime pioneer, the follow-up to his 2020 album, E3AF, which I haven't heard. Uh, I kind of checked out Dizzy after Maths and English in 2007. When it got to bonkers and him doing England songs with James Corden, a bit like a kind of an early version of what I was saying with like, I don't need you with a gospel choir and blah, 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 blah. I was like, see you, mate. I don't need you turning into like a silly pop star when before you were all like bug-eyed. I'm just a rascal. I'm just a <laughs> rascal. But, you know, years down the line, I can see it now, right? He's good fun. He's a legend yeah. of this game. He's not trying really to be like hardcore or anything. No. Is he Dizzy Rascal? He's, he's not political. <laughs> like, <No>. he's, <laughs> so it just reminds me. Some idiot saying that he was like, oh, it's political. And it's like, don't talk about hip hop if you don't know about hip hop. Um, But anyway, uh, mate, this is just a fun album. This is a fun (laughs) Dizzy Rascal album. A bit like what you were saying about the Chase and Status album last year, where you're like, it turns up, goes bangers. I mean, mate, the first song. Stay in your lane <laughs> is proper like vodka revolution yeah, tune. Isn't it? Isn't it? It's like two for one on Smirnoff yeah. Ice yeah. and some Jager bombs. Like <laughs> four for a tenner. Get them in, boys. And I was like, wow, this is fucking 2008 yeah. kind yeah. of mainstream, yeah. you know, Tinchy Strider end dubs. Fucking gods. Like proper. Yeah. But mate, but he, but, but Dizzy Rascal is good. And mate, you know, like again, 
you get some like sugar and spice i think it's got some of that melodic old school uk garage feel to it really like that prime pirate radio vibes to it um you know keep that same energy is really good just kind of like almost sort of an old school diddy rascal thing jerk and jelloff has jerk and jelloff has got you're talking about samples right jerk and jelloff has got a sample from a house song i think it might be a happy monday song i'm okay. sure it's got a sample from either a happy monday because i was listening to it and i was like oh my god i know what that sample is and it's driving me fucking mad it was driving you should me mad. that it's, website it's called it's, who sampled who.com yeah 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 and i was like it's driving me mad i think it's a, it's primal screen or happy mondays but something from around that time i'm sure it is but it's still really good i had to think you know we, i was talking to about song for mutti the other day and i was like what is that fucking sample what does that sound like and it was flock of seagulls <laughs> anyway um pov starts like dreamer by living joy <laughs> yeah. it does good but then goes into kind of full-blown electro glitchy drum and bass and then my favorite song is get out of the way which is so hilariously larry yeah. it is so larry and i love it and it's what i think when i think about dizzy rascal this kind of big booming synth loads of million miles an hour flow just talking about beating yeah. people up yeah I'm like yeah that's, that's what i want that's exactly what i want for dizzy rascal, dizzy rascal. Yeah, it's fun do, as fuck. Do you think? Record. I mean, well, I say, do you think? But I mean, it's kind of common knowledge, really, that you know he he ruined whatever bit of credit he had post Boy in the Corner by becoming a pop star. Um, you know, um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I mean, me, you know, me and my, me and my girlfriend, yeah, but... was it, yeah, before last, we, we went to went to the O2 for the twentieth anniversary shows of Boy in the Corner. Boy in the Corner, was mm. fucking phenomenal. But I'll, yeah, I'm not going to lie, though. Him doing the album Slot to Fish was brilliant. But when he came out for the encores, that's when I lost my shit. I'm one of those guys, man. Really? Yeah. I think Tongue in Cheek is is one of the best pop albums. And I will call it a pop album. I don't care. Fuck James Corden. I don't give a shit about all that. Because I'm... Dance with me. Oh, You're going to dance with me. Darling. Yeah, you yeah he love it. Your movement. Bonkers. Right, and I will die on that hill. Bonkers has the greatest drop of all time. It's, it's massive. Bum, 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 I mean, I down. don't know that I love. I know it's a bit oi oi. Has anyone got like a number? Really. Yeah. Three for a hundred. Ring the Russians at five in the morning. I know it's all. It reeks. Yeah. Enough. I get it, but maybe it's because I don't know. I I I I've never been in those kind of clubbing situations when Bonkers came out. I just heard it because that song was inescapable that summer and, and danced with me with mm. um, Calvin Harris. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And obviously, was it, uh, uh, you, you did, you did, you got the love with, with Florence. But that's actually, I don't mind. Mm. That's the only time I listened to Florence Machine when they did the Dizzy Rascal duet. But, you know, what's wrong with, what's wrong with, what's wrong with being a pop star? What's wrong with Nothing. being sexy? You know, there's a, uh, Exactly Nothing. right. Was it David Nothing at all. Said that? Anyway, um, this yeah, is yeah. this is his strongest set of songs since Tongue in Cheek. I, I've listened to the last couple of albums, and they were they were poor, but they're awful. You know, and I felt I felt really sorry for him because like he was one of the fucking kind of pioneer. He was one of the people that brought grime. The fucking you know Mercury award winning winning album, Boy in the Corner. You know, mm. and you know for and. St beat the darkness yeah yeah he, he did and you know to be to be fair yeah. rightfully so i think i think i think so yeah. very like, worthy in terms of like winner. looking at it yeah. and going innovative yeah. and blah exactly. blah blah like yeah um 
but this this you know don't take it but it's so much fun you know it's, it's got a ton of grime and a yes but it's got so much pop bounce and hooks uh you know how does it get so calm how did it get so calm it's just that is classic <laughs> dizzy rascal banger just <laughs> london boy is this dirty old school garage jerk oh, and off is it's so good you know that classic kind of uk grime wordplay um Dizzy always seems to get a rough deal, man, from his kind of contemporaries. And he was a bit of a joke because he, he was, out of all those kind of original grime masters, he was the one that, that was getting the number one hits. And he was the one mm-hmm. that was headlining Radio 1 big weekend festivals and stuff like this. He was the one that kind of pretty much kind of almost went beyond mainstream. And there was kind of the inevitable kickback. But this is so much fun to listen to this it, and it is exactly like that chasing status album last year it just comes out of fucking nowhere i you know if you'd asked me a couple of months ago dude rascal's got a new album out i'll be like really don't care i've got i've got everything i need i've got dance with me i've said that thank you um but just yeah. like the ch- just yeah, like, like chasing status album i put it on 40 minutes later it's like that was great like steve it's wednesday we've all got work tomorrow <laughs> oh, fuck you call the sicky boy <laughs> don't take it personally my dizzy rascal is out now and i'm going out straight after yeah. this podcast is finished uh right let's move on this is a bit more serious um sean ono lennon asterisms the fourth solo album from the experimental solo artist the son of John and Yoko, obviously. The follow-up, in solo terms, the follow-up to his 2006 album, Friendly Fire. Now, the only thing I really know of Sean Lennon is what I just said, is who his parents are, uh, that he was in Moonwalker. <laughs> and and that he's on the song on um, Primitive by Soulfly. He's on one of the songs by that. I've not listened to any of his solo material. So this really wasn't what i was expecting but equally i'm not sure what i was expecting have you listened to much of his yeah well I, I remember his his debut solo album in 98 uh called into the sun yeah i do remember that coming that, out i'm pretty sure it came out on grand royal i'm pretty sure it was out or grand royale should i say um it was i've just looked it was um, yeah the beastie boys uh record label uh i remember it getting quite a bit of traction and it's this kind of it's it's like a sort of breezy indie rock album you know so far removed from this um and then also he was doing stuff with uh les claypool i believe doing some um, kind of prog jazz odyssey kind of thing with les claypool i can't remember what the band was called now they had a m- was it called with claypool lennon That's delirium thank you right yeah but yeah this again a bit of an unexpected treat for me this you know like looking through um what you know because i I always i wanted to bring like you know a couple of jazz albums to the table and this was in the new releases in the jazz section uh on apple music i was like "Hmm, sean sean lennon's done a jazz album okay this is this is wonderful, man. This is yeah, prog jazz electro goodness. It's like King Crimson, Jean Michel Jarre, and Stephen Wilson jamming at the end of the world. 
Yeah, I think people, when you say jazz, right, I think people might have been like, oh, God, you know, some people might have gone, oh, not another jazz, whatever. But this is a sort of psychedelic jazz odyssey. The opening song sounds like it could have been taken from the last few Opeth yeah. albums, um, but with a bit of brass in there. And I really liked it, to be honest. I thought it was dead good. And I, I do really like this. There's parts of it that, like you say, remind me of Stephen Wilson or, you know, kind of Sid Barrett, Pink Floyd yeah. again, I think is, a, is another kind of shout for this. But it's also got this kind of 70s Martin Scorsese score from a scene in some seedy club in the middle of downtown you know queens and in in, in the well, 70s you know what i mean it's it's yeah, yeah like that kind of thing like it really blends kind of prog rock and horns and threat and menace in a really cool way thinking of m is a song yeah, particularly yeah. that does that and there's there's the the one what's the one that's a, it's like 11 minutes long and i was like bloody mm. hell 11 minutes long and there's not going to be any stuff and then i found myself being totally transfixed yep. by it i thought it was absolutely brilliant and the unquestionable highlight of of this record for me like a real journey and i mean you would want it to be if it's 11 minutes long it's called oh it's the yeah, title track Astros. um yeah. and it's it's really great and it kind of builds up to it kind of builds up and fizzles away and in the middle of it you get this kind of sax 70s cop show meets prog rock psychedelic like freeform freak out but with really great again almost kind of dubby rhythms throughout it Man, i really like this yeah. i i think this needs to be listened to in yeah. full to really yeah, it appreciate does. it you've got to go front to back on this and actually even though there's an 11 minute song it's only again it's 37 yeah. minutes long over five songs you know so they're all quite long the songs but like i never found again i didn't find myself wandering off at any point I, I no not so this is this is wonderful you know there's elements of um a bitch's brew uh space rock pink floyd all over this like the the progressive yacht rock jazz funk of thinking of m is is bloody ace it's, it was it almost goes like steely dan like at times which is mm. absolutely fine by me um and yeah the title track is late 60s era miles davis um and helipause is is a kind of wonderfully kind of smoky end of the night ambience um it's i absolutely love this yeah it's, this is it's kind of a i mean it's, it is jazz in the loosest kind of sense of the world it's more kind of proggy electro space yacht rock i guess but there were you know mm. i i can see why it was in the jazz section um and yeah. yeah, it's a lot of fun. Sean Ono, Sean it's Ono good. Lennon just does a jazz album. There you go. And it's called Asterisms. And since we're talking about jazz, let's stay in that realm for a little bit. We've got this album and then two more EPs, which we'll run through very quickly at the end. But um, VJ ER Compassion is another one you brought I in did. from the yeah. jazz world. Uh, a collaboration album from the New York-based pianist, producer, composer, multi-instrumentalist, and band leader. He has done a lot. I looked yeah. at his discography. It is fucking yep. endless. So I don't know what number album this is um, or where in terms this comes in his career, but he's been going for a long time. Um, I'm going to say really quickly, I don't have loads to say about this. This is a lot of kind of piano and drum bashing madness and when i imagine what you know if someone said think of a mad jazz kind of old school mad jazz piano album this is kind of what i would have imagined there are bits and pieces here that i like it's very intense very. there are parts of it that are very very intense and quite a lot to deal with 
but the boy can play the piano for sure. Like whoever's on the piano can fucking that's play VJ, the piano. That's VJ. That's um, VJ. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, and I mean, there's a descending bit on the on the song Arch, which I thought yeah. is amazing, really great. I love the song um, Maelstrom. Uh, it sounds like it's very very slight. Again, a bit like what I said, it gets, but it's been played with such intensity, quiet intensity. I really liked Tempest. Is a perfect name for that song because it sounds like a fucking storm just blowing everything around um and i really like ghost Strumental as well i have no idea what tempo that drummer is playing in that song i have absolutely no yeah. idea that is proper like danny carey and lateralis yeah. when you're like what the fuck is he doing but yeah this is something that i am definitely interested in yeah. rather than in love with yeah. i think it's cool but i was like oh this is i, I my ear is still not properly attuned to this yeah, sort of no, thing that's uh, that's fair man that's kind of why you know i i, I was interested to um kind of hear your thoughts on it really because it was something i really wanted to bring in um i mean this this is a true kind of connoisseur of a of a jazz album really you know a real kind of immersive listen that brings to mind like the bill evans trio and um with you know all kind of like impressionistic harmonies and rhythmically independent melody lines incredible scott lafaro-esque double bass playing from uh, linda may han o especially on arch um i'm glad you picked up on arch man it's it's incredible yeah with this yeah, kind like of interlocking like, yeah. and overlapping yeah. grooves interspersed with like urgent kind of improvisational piano playing yes it can be a tough and long listen sometimes but this is a fucking wonderful piece of art and uh on the stevie they, they do a stevie wonder cover the track overjoyed is a, a stevie wonder cover yeah, oh, with right. its kind of rolling grooves and polyrhythms, it reaches playing standards of like just, just utter, utter perfection. Um, it's not often you get such heavyweights from the jazz. It's not often you get such heavyweights from the jazz scene. Kind of comes. It is like a jazz supergroup essentially. It's like the second album they've done. Mm -hmm. um, the first album was was fantastic. This is, if, if anything, even better. But they they really make like a special sound that kind of harks back to stuff like Sunday at the Village Vanguard by Bill Evans, which is like like gold medal standard of like kind of improvisational kind yeah. of piano free jazz that's like the one um you know it's reflective and calm one second then kind of jagged and threatening the next yet always exciting and thrilling it's it's got it's all i require in jazz music in 2024 it's it's a fascinating it's really interesting listen really really interesting yeah listen. it's it's it is something that i was like I mean, I, I I sort of started it a couple of times and I got halfway through and I was like, wow, I'm getting the fatigue yeah. a bit. But I kind of made it all well the done, way mate. through well done. eventually, like a couple mm. of times. Um, I had it on when, like, my girlfriend was trying to work at one point. She was like, oh <laughs> my God, can you turn this off? <laughs> and I was like, it's, you know, I can, most stuff, Amazing. she'll be like, yeah, yeah, like like a napalm death yeah. or whatever. She's like, do, 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 do. But this, she was like, please turn this off. Um but yeah, it's it's certainly something which I want to. Yeah, I'm happy to kind of dive more into this because you can tell that like the instrument, the the kind of the the, the people involved in this are oh, very next very level. Good. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's compassion by VJER. Right, there's um two left. Do you want to do the big one or the big artist doing an EP or the smaller artist? Um, Let's do the big artist because uh, I've got a lot to say about the small artist. Okay, fine. Um, Drop Seven by Little Sims. We love Yay. Little Sims. A new seven-track EP from the Mercury-winning UK rapper. She is great. But this is not the usual sort of thing that you would expect from Little Sims. It's much more, as she has explained, kind of 
electronic music orientated and there's been a, a lot of chat in this about um this being a kind of experimental thing influenced by the likes of apex twin mm. being kind of one of the big inspirations for this i think you can hear yeah. it uh, i really like the opening song it almost sounds like a remix of one of our old songs um but it's not actually an old song it is definitely much more like a kind of electro ep i would say this you know um it's not like a classic kind of typical little sims thing the songs are short some of them almost feel like so short they feel like kind of interludes fever is 87 seconds long um but she gets quite a lot in there considering you know like she's not even really like i always feel like the production on her solo material you know, on her material on her, her, her sort of main albums are great but she's always the thing that you can't is the yeah. kind of big hook right whereas here she's kind of not always no. in it i mean i would say like one of the best songs on it is sos mm. which is also one of the longest songs over th only three yeah. minutes but still one of the longest songs by quite a distance and it's got that kind of euphoric almost kind of bicep style build to it and she doesn't come in until about halfway through of the three minute long song yeah and it's great um i think you know i feeling it is great skittering um laid back but kind of skitterish kind of beat to it i think um the last song on it far away which is this kind of jazzy big beat piano soul is probably the closest thing you get to a typical little sim song i think it's you know pretty good it's different it's experimental it's short she's just so brilliant that you kind of go in anyone else's hands this would either be totally yep. throwaway but also you'd go if they made this you would probably go oh this is really good with the standard she sets it's a borderline inconsequential release yeah. i would say because she's so good yeah i mean it's it's just a it's it's almost got like a mixtape kind of vibe to it um you know of like house afro funk and breakbeats um uh, on torch she says nothing left to prove cuz cuz i've done enough you know or yeah. then you know heading off to the clubs and coming and coming up on mdma there's a real kind of like woozy kind of coming up on illicits like just kind of throughout the kind of uh, music on this like yeah sos though yeah it's all digi digi samba funk with insistent cowbell and threatening vibes but there's a real kind of looseness to it all like she's using this because um, this is like a series of EPs, right? I think she's done. Yeah. Yeah, she's done a or, bunch well, of them over, this the, is, over the years. I mean, this it's been is like number weird, seven, I'm guessing. Weird. But it's not, though. Right. I don't think it is. I think she did drop... The last one was like drop four and then drop... They drop maybe maybe okay. I'm getting that wrong, but I thought that in terms of the actual... Um, how it was numerated, I thought it was kind of numerated in a weird way. I might actually be incorrect about that i'll i'll have to uh i'll have but to it, see but yeah i don't think oh you know so no they she did do uh, drop six yeah. and then but i can't find it's, it's almost like she's using these sure. eps as like drop. i don't know excuse that a bit of fun and like yeah try stuff out i guess but i mean she's 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 mar she's so miles ahead of everyone else you know she's an absolute visionary um mm. But yeah, like, like like you say, you almost even though it's what was it fifteen minutes long or something? It's not really long at all. This, yeah, but you, you do kind of feel a bit shortchanged that Little Sims isn't on it that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's still bit. great. It's still great. Yeah. Um, it's still good. Yeah. yeah, but 
not as good as what we're about to talk about. Well, yeah, that's Drop 7 yeah. by Little Sims, if you're a fan and the completest. Oh, it's, 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 of course, it, it's worth more than a customary listen yeah. because it's Little Sims, so, you know. Yeah. But to, 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 to play us out, um, we're going to talk about Love Remain is what it is, is by Love is. Remain. One of my favourite phrases. Four track EP <laughs> Love it. is what it is, mate. Four track EP from the London-based collective. Very, very short, this. The shortest thing yeah. we've done this week. But very, very oh, great. Oh, oh this is God. four songs yeah. over, what, like, I don't know, like 14 yeah, minutes like 12 or minutes or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, basically, I'm going to find out how much, how, how long it is specifically, it. just because... I'm a, the, it is what it is. It is 17 minutes and 30 okay. seconds. Oh, okay. It's quite... It's, yeah, that is um, longer than I thought it was, actually. Because this goes by so fucking yeah, quickly. Yeah. That's why. Because does. this is basically... Um, it starts off with London Girls. <laughs> Peckham Girls. Like, <laughs> Soho Girls. Peckham Girls. Soho Girls. Like, old school yeah. garage like really old so we've kind of got we hinted at like there's a bit of an old school yeah, garage this, vibe going on here this is this proper, is 90s like, pirate radio station garage yeah, this this is, is people who people just do nothing pirate radio station garage you know what i mean yeah these are four tracks i think all four of them sound completely yeah. different i was like oh if i get four tracks of this because i basically I've, i was coming back from a gig i can't remember what yeah. gig it was um and i sent this yeah. to you what, I've just got the train. I was just. Oh, it was. Uh, it was. It was, like, like, it was after um, Black Honey. I think. Yeah, because yeah, I yeah, listened yeah. to it when you said I was listening to it on the train home. I was, no, it was after. after that, sorry, that was, yeah, I was listening to it on the train the home station, and having yeah. the best time. <laughs> yeah, so we went to see 1975, and then I just sort of found this. I was like, oh, I listen to this, and I was like, fuck, this is great. So like, starts this kind of old school garage, like proper kind of like you know, funky old school garage, like brilliant, brilliant song. And then the it turns into this sort of ambient thing on the title yeah. track when I was like, oh, you go almost a sort of Barry Can't Swim sort of Big thing time. that w- I was talking about last month. And then OMDs is like bores of... It, it, you go from like dance yeah. music to electronic music over the course of this record, right? Um, to like that kind of boards of Canada, like r- sort of again very kind of lo-fi balls of canadry electronica and the last song flourish is so lovely might be my favorite one on there just marshmallowy do you know what i mean just kind of like rolling bouncing like 17 minutes long four tracks and basically four completely different songs in four completely different styles that all just roll into each other in the most glorious way this is yeah brilliant this this is brilliant this is wonderful it's you know it's kind of a a beautifully soulful old school um garage mixtape um you know playing up playing on the uh the beat up shitty stereo in your knackered ford escort as you're driving around the south london south <laughs> london council estates at 4 a.m looking for the russians um you know, dripping in r&b hooks and pirate radio drum breaks your london girls peckham girls Stratham girls, <laughs> Soho girls, just naming London, just just yeah. naming boroughs of London now. Um, it, 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 that hook has just been embedded in my ear now for weeks since that night when we came back from the nineteen seventy five. So, mm. uh, uh, yeah, last Monday. 
um, all kind of like tingly, um, like illicit kind of loved up vibes on the title track, um, which just reminds me of something straight out of 2002. Uh, oh My Days, or uh, OMD, Oh My Days, Oh My Days, Oh My Days. Um, you know, it's deep house from like the Cafe Del Mar days, you know, seeing the sun coming up. Um, there's a real kind of like old school Balearic quality to it. This is so much fun. You know, it, it, it it's just like a, it's, it's like a condensed night out at your local regional nightclub. Do you know what I mean? It just <laughs> is. What's your name? What you yeah. on? Uh, yeah, just, it, it just seems to unlock a lot of, a lot of old memories that I haven't thought about in a while. And, it, like you said, there's four, four completely different kind of styles of what you call it, dance music, electronic music, or what, electronic, electronic music. music you know, yeah. it, it, it is. It kind of it touches on kind of four different kind of facets of that genre. It does it so effortlessly, and it just flows brilliantly, like all good mixtapes do. It's got like a mixtape quality to it, and I think this is like the only thing they've released thus far. Is I think that's correct. I'm sure it is. I I need uh, to hear more I need I to think, hear more of this man. This is like this is like crack. <laughs> they had an album called St- uh, Still in Awe which came out uh, okay. last year, which came out in uh April came out April, April. last year. Okay. So they do okay. have um some more nice. stuff. But they again like they're not they're no. not massive. Um they're 85,000 monthly listeners like not, you know, for this type of this type of music has more sort of I would say probably more people were interested in it than would be interested in something like church chords, which is weird yeah, as fuck. Do you know what I mean? I yeah, this has got much more kind of but, universal um, quality to it. Than, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, <coughs> excuse me, they're playing Fabric. Of course they are. In London oh, in April. <laughs> Mate, I'm up for that. Wow. Me and you down Fabric. It's a school night though. Are we get we have vodka revs on a fucking school it's a we, night. It's a when oh, it's a Wednesday. Fuck. It's a Wednesday, Mid-week. mate. Get the, get Thursday off. Get Thursday <laughs> off. <laughs> fuck yeah, off. mate. I'm going to pray. Oh, I'm tough shit. Pray I don't have my son that weekend. <laughs> a three day killer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mate. Fuck it. I'm my own boss. I'm Do taking it. a day off. It's Do fine. It. Um, there you go. Anyway, is what it is. But Love Remain is, is out now. We will be back next week. Don't know what we're doing next week. Who knows? But I do know that you can go and listen to us chatting about Black Grape if you go to patreon.com forward slash true cult pop and sign up there. So maybe you should do that. I don't know. Maybe you should. Right. We'll be back, as I said, next week. Um, thanks very much for listening. Appreciate that. We'll see to you then. And I'll speak to you then, Gaz. Well, I'll speak to you before. But I'll speak, I will speak to you then as well. Nice to be one nice All right, mate. <laughs> it certainly is. See you, mate. Love you. Bye. <laughs>